Welcome to Making Bank, the show for Bankless DAO by Bankless DAO, where each week we highlight a project and a personality from inside the Bankless DAO. We want to showcase the work that we do and the people who do it. This is our story as we journey to become more bankless. If you want to learn more about what it is that we do, then just keep listening. We hope you enjoy today's episode of Making Bank. Hi, I'm Drost, and welcome to another episode of Making Bank. Today's guests are two of the core team members on the Bankless Card Project. Lynx is project champion, and NF Thinker is an original founding member. Lynx is a self-described startup artist and joined Bankless DAO in September 2021. He is currently an elected member and lead of the Grants Committee and a core contributor in both the Project Management Guild and on the Bankless Card Project. And a thinker is a designer, communicator, and tech geek. He's a longtime Bankless DAO contributor, and in addition to the Bankless Card Project, he's been deeply involved in Design Guild, DAO Relationships, Bankless Academy, Fight Club, and frequently co-hosts AMAs in the Bankless DAO Twitter spaces. Bankless Card is a debit card for DAO contributors by DAO contributors. Still in development, Bankless Card aims to allow cardholders to earn governance tokens in their DAO of choice. Welcome, NF Thinker. Welcome, Lynx. It is great to have you both on Making Bank today. Thanks for having us, Drost. I appreciate it. Hey, Drost. Thanks a lot for having us. Excited to be here. Yeah, well, we have a lot to unpack here. I imagine we want to start with what exactly is Bankless Card, who it's for, what's the value alignment, and links. I don't know if we want to start with you or NF, how you guys want to work this today. Sure. The card itself is for a lot of different groups. And I'll talk about the people who would actually use the card first. What we really started, the idea that we started with is that the biggest gap to adoption of blockchain is... Uh, the UX gap that exists. When you're in it, you kind of forget uh, that there's so many things that you had to learn, what a, what a non-custodial wallet was, what a decentralized exchange was, all of these kinds of things, even using Discord, using Notion. Uh, so for us, Bankless Card started as a way to bridge that UX gap for people who are kind of crypto curious. They've heard about blockchain. They've heard about some use cases. Maybe you're an artist who wants to start making money using NFTs, but the technical barrier is just too high. You don't have the gumption or maybe the ability to even get there. So Bankless Card, the long view, is to connect the real world with Web3. It's to create that bridge for these crypto curious people. On the way there, our first uh, people that we want to make this card for are DAO contributors. These are the people who successfully made the gap, but there's still a lot of friction in their day-to-day process. That's who we're aiming for first. And eventually we'd like to get to those crypto curious consumers. All right, cool. Anything you want to add to that, Enough? Yeah, I would add that not just crypto-curious consumers are our target market. Realistically, the people who are crypto-curious are already out there exploring in the ways that they know best. I think where we're going to have the most impact is the people who don't actually realize they need it. What does a DAO do? A DAO helps communities align behind a brand. And by giving people a tool to actually earn DAO tokens and social tokens, they're going to be able to align with their brand in ways that they've never been able to before. It's going to enable governance. It's going to enable communications that they may not have had access to before. And it's also going to help get the tokens into more hands of more people, therefore 
making the brand stronger in and of themselves. So while we are certainly targeting those crypto curious who want to know more about DAOs and how DAOs can help change their lives, realistically, what we have to target is the people who don't even know they need the help. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. If you look at the things that are happening in crypto today, I think the big one right now is just the fact that the US government has effectively banned Tornado Cash and any wallets that have transacted with Tornado Cash and any second degree wallets or something like that. For most people, they're like, yeah, that's fine. I don't really care. And it's because they don't know what crypto can offer them. So I think it's a really pertinent point, NF Thinker. And something else you said I think was really interesting as well, just the fact that um, this card lives in an ecosystem, right? It's not just helping the individuals, it's also helping DAOs. We did a survey of DAO leaders and getting their tokens into the hands of more people is one of their top concerns. So I think like the fact that our card kind of lives in this ecosystem and is helping all of the stakeholders, that's the key for me to a potential product. I think that's a good opportunity to talk about how this is different than a traditional card. How do traditional cards work? Maybe it's useful to unpack that a little bit. Who are the stakeholders there? Who gets the revenues? It's not the end user. They will often create a narrative so that you feel like you're getting the best value or you feel like you're making money in some way. You know, crypto.com, in the past, they had 8% cash back. And that seems like a lot until you realize that there's like spending restrictions. You only get 8% cash back on the first up to a maximum of like $100 or something like that a month. And then you also realize that, oh, they're taking your money. They're investing it into like their own kind of risky crypto infrastructure. And they're making additional money on top of the money you're making. So these cards, they come in different flavors and brands. I mean, crypto.com, the 8% was only going to last for so long. Now it's 5%. But on top of that, you have all of these kinds of different cards. And what they're effectively doing is they're taking your money, they're making a lot of money off of it. And they're trying to give you, I don't want to say scraps, but they're incentivizing you in a way that I would say is disproportionately empowering themselves. And the difference between Bankless card and those other cards is because as a user, as someone who's part of it, you are benefiting yourself. The profits that are getting made are getting made towards your own ends. And it also means that you also have a say in the way that it's going to be run. So if you don't want Bankless card to be investing your money in risky crypto investments to try to get the maximum monthly cash back you can, there's a say in that. And you, that's our goal isn't enrich ourselves. Our goal is yes, to create some self-sovereignty for our team, but even more so it's to increase adoption of Web3. Uh, so it's, it's different in these centralized entities in that our goals are different. There are also some correlations that we're trying to stick to from the existing card market. So Lynx is, as you mentioned earlier, is the product champion here. And he came to me with his original idea, and that was there's this existing product called an affinity card. And an affinity card in the most basic sense, the easiest way that I can understand it is, let's just say I supported a, a football team. Let's just go with the Seattle Seahawks. I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan and I want to help support the Seattle Seahawks. So I get the Seattle Seahawks credit card. And every time I make a purchase, a certain portion of those proceeds goes towards the Seattle Seahawks treasury. And then I may get some cash back. Well, just replace Seattle Seahawks with your favorite DAO. And essentially, we're doing the same thing there, right? We are an affinity card that is directing funds towards the DAO. And the beauty of a DAO is, you know, being the end receiver DAO, so our partner DAOs, 
they're going to be able to take that cut and divide that how they see fit. So they could direct a little bit more towards their treasury or they could direct a little bit more towards their community or try and find an even split. And so not only is the DAO who's creating the card, i.e. Bankless DAO, not only are we responsible for how this is implemented, there's also the Receiver DAO and they're also responsible for how they implement their funds that they receive from us. So there's really, you know, enriching communities on both sides. Yeah. And yeah. one thing we have in common that I think everyone at Bankless has in common is that we're super bullish on DAOs in general. And if you think about the idea that like DAOs could be growing, there are lots of use cases for DAOs. Um, I think Bankless Card could really enable new use cases that haven't really been tapped before. Things like public good funding. Like if you are really interested in climate change and you want to help a DAO that's working on climate, you could get this card and set your DAO of choice to DAO, And you, you are essentially just injecting capital towards DAO to help them make an impact on the world. Yeah. It, it, to me, it's almost like a trifecta of values alignment. I mean, you usually don't get that with cards you have. I wanted to, before we segue into anything else, I just wanted to touch on a couple of data points here. Um, affinity cards, I don't know if people are aware of this, 25% of credit cards in circulation are Affinity or co-branded, and they account for almost $2 trillion in annual spending, and it grows about 3% annually. Um, the other thing is, and I don't know how many people are in this survey, but of Dow users surveyed, 77% of them said, yeah, I would use this card. And so I, obviously there's some qualifiers there and so on, but I just want to give folks a little bit of background on the metrics there that we're looking at. And so it is a huge opportunity. Yeah, it's a massive opportunity. And it's, I think like, we're doing it as part of Bankless and, and people are like, how can you have a Bankless card? You know, that doesn't make sense. You have to work with a bank to issue a card. And it's absolutely true. But if you think about it as every time you use a card right now, you're essentially some part of the transaction that you're paying will go to a bank. Usually it's like, uh, 1.5% visa takes. And then of that, you know, like typically 1.x% will go to a bank uh, because they issued you the card and they processed the transaction. Well, with Bankless Card, um, it's going to be a smaller amount, something like, uh, let's say, 0.3% between 0.3 and 0.9%. But that will go to a DAO instead. So if you want, if you really want to stick it to banks, I think one way to do that is to be using Bankless Card instead of your traditional card uh, because. In doing so, you will be funding Web3 and DAOs, which are working on eventually moving away from banks, but uh, you'll be funding them just by virtue of doing the same transactions you normally do. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> it's, it's, of course, probably one of the first questions is going to be, wait a minute, you're, you've got to partner with a bank or with a visa or something, you can't operate in a vacuum. So, Yeah, and imagine that $2 trillion that you mentioned earlier, um, that's all going to banks right now. Right, A big chunk of it could be going to your favorite DAO. And I think that would be potentially life-changing for a DAO to get enough people together who are able to fund it through these means. Right. I don't know if you wanted to touch on any of these things now, or I know it gets into the weeds a little bit, but basically every time somebody runs a transaction, almost half to almost 1% of that total purchase price is is revenue on the for the transaction, right? And then 50% of that goes back to users or the DAOs as rewards and affinity payments. And then after launch, uh, you intend to do some other things in terms of enabling crypto swaps and allowing on-ramp 
components and things like that. I don't know if you wanted to get into those things now or if you wanted to touch on some other topics first. Yeah, I mean, we can definitely talk about it because I think that like the vision for this card, some people see it as just a card, but eventually when we start doing things like on-ramps and off-ramps and you can start seeing how we might become, it's possible for us to become a decentralized Coinbase. You know, Coinbase is a product that a ton of people use, a ton of people transact through Coinbase. It's a very popular and valuable company right now. But the problem with it is that it is centralized. And I think that that is the same problem that we have with banks. And I think to really build the next generation of technology, if you believe in blockchain, you need to look to where you can be decentralizing things. So the benefit of a DAO versus a company like Coinbase, Coinbase can move rather quickly. They can probably amass lots of capital. But I believe that doing this as a DAO, we can be more resilient because we will be uh, having all of the stakeholders who are involved can be involved with the organization itself. They can be involved in governance. They can be involved in setting direction. They can make their voices heard. In Coinbase, not so easy. But I really believe that the next generation organizations are going to be DAOs. And we're still figuring that out. You know, there's a lot of problems in DAOs, governance and direction and all these kinds of things. But if we figure it out, I think we're going to be creating these truly resilient organizations that are going to be lasting centuries instead of decades. Yeah, that's what's really cool to me is that we are actually co-creating and building this product together. For those that are DAO contributors, I think one of the challenges we have is the velocity of our tokens and the use of that. If people are just holding the tokens in their wallet and not doing anything with it, it's hard to accrue value. What's the use of it other than just doing snapshot voting, really? Yeah, there's actually a lot to explore when it comes to tokens. Essentially, at the most basic level, we want to enable token holders to spend those tokens. Again, the most basic level, go out and buy a coffee with your bank token. Great, who doesn't want that? You earn your bank in the DAO, you go out and you spend your bank on real life things. But tokens can mean and enable so many more things than just a regular currency can. Tokens are points. Depending on your token structure, you can you can offer benefits for the number or the type of tokens that people hold in their wallets. When you start to look at NFTs and other on-chain credentials that people hold in their wallets, what does that mean for the future of card transactions? Does it enable instant real-life discounts on a purchase? Does it enable access to a VIP room at a certain real-life event? So these are all things that are really just being touched upon right now. We're at the tip of the iceberg as to what you can do with on-chain credentials and on-chain tokens. So these are the things that we're looking forward at the one-year, two-year, three-year mark in our roadmap. What else can we enable with the tokens that people hold in their wallet, how they affiliate with certain DAOs. Maybe, you know, you could change your affiliation a number of times in a day, depending on where you're spending your tokens. And let's just say you want to go buy that brand new pair of Adidas or Adidas, wherever you're based in the world, uh, trainers, you go out and you enable your Board Ape Yacht Club card and you get a discount immediately, or you get ape tokens in return, for example. So yeah, there's just so much you can explore when it comes to the use of tokens and how they differ from fiat. So it's not just a, a, an affinity card and accruing uh, tokens and so on that way. It can also be almost like a passport into events and things down the road. 
Yeah, the intent is to be able to connect with blockchain as easy as swiping a card, as easy as using an app. And it's not so easy right now. I think when Anna Thinker mentioned earlier, those are brands. They are the new brands. And as part of our pitch deck, you'll see as well that 200 of the Fortune 500 companies, they have a brand manager who's part of a Web3 organization because I think that brand managers understand the value of alignment. You were talking about value alignment. And I think that as, as NF Thinker was saying, you can use tokens to kind of show alignments with brands. You see how people, how important this is to people when they buy all the latest shoes or they paint their car to have their favorite brand on it, or they wear their favorite brands or whatever. Brands are part of people's identity. And it's because at the end of the day, all it is a bunch of like-minded people. People who buy Apple products, they buy them because they are creative, or at least they want to feel creative. They want to do things differently. They don't necessarily want to be associated with that kind of like overly corporate, overly rigid hierarchical stuff that you see in the world. And, you know, you could argue that Apple's gone far from that, but that remains their uh, brand. So to be able to have a mechanism to show your alignment with a brand, maybe through tokens, maybe through other things, that's a really exciting new thing. And we have not even scratched the surface of that. You know, when the internet first came out, it was just connect one computer to another. What does that do? That doesn't do anything, right? But then you start seeing how people started creating email and online shopping and, and networks and these different things. I think that the more we explore blockchain, the more we're going to be unlocking these use cases that have yet to be discovered. And our card aims to make it easy to take those use cases to the masses. Right. And even though it's geared toward DAO contributors initially, um, we would argue that it's a great way to introduce crypto curious folks into the ecosystem. And the idea is that you won't require, a user won't require an existing crypto wallet to get started. You just get the card and you can start accruing tokens. And then later, um, as part of the, the app, you'll be able to interact with DeFi protocols and so on based on the tokens you're earning on your card. Is that correct? Am I characterizing that accurately? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think that getting a wallet understanding the security and all that stuff, that's a huge barrier to people. So we look at Bankless Card as kind of this waiting pool for people to dip their toes in. And when they're ready, they can move on to that kind of wide ocean of DeFi. Yeah. I mean, if this really, if we can really pull this off, that is a huge, huge advantage. Yeah. It's right? ambitious. I, <laughs> it's quite ambitious. Where are we at on the progress to date? I know you've got people signed up on the pre-launch. There's some other DAOs interested, and then you've got your team growing. Do you want to maybe touch on some of those things and then maybe how others can, if they're intrigued by this, how they can maybe get involved or participate? Yeah, definitely. So we're going to need a lot of capital to make this work. So we are gearing up towards building something, building things that will show that there is demand for this product and that we have some sort of unique value that no one else can replicate. So that's what our processes are geared towards. So we're trying to get DAO contributors to sign up for a pre-launch list. We have, I think, some, something like 550 on there right now. We'd like to have something like 10,000 before we launch. We have some DAOs interested in being launch partners, including MakerDAO and Pool Together. I think it would be amazing to have the ability to show my friends Pool Together on this app that makes it easy for them to put money into the Pool Together protocol. I think that would be really interesting. So we're still looking at how we will integrate with these launch partners, but yeah, that's something that we're looking at as well. We have 25 contributors that are working weekly to make this product a reality. Now, sometimes people are doing one hours a week. Sometimes people are doing 15 hours a week. I think the beauty of a DAO is that 
that you can commit as much or as little you want. It's all about following the vibes. For our contributors, they really believe in the in this project itself. Everyone so far has been working uh, without any kind of compensation at all. So you know that they really care about doing this thing and they see this long-term vision. And then finally, uh, one of our biggest, well, I guess like two of our biggest hurdles, one of them is creating uh, a partnership with a card issuing and processing fintech. Uh, so we have a bunch that we've evaluated. We've looked at their technology. We've looked at their reach. We've looked at their compliance. We've looked at like all of the kind of terms that go with it. Before we came out of stealth mode for this project, we had an offer on the table from a transaction processor, but it we just didn't feel that it was meeting our ethos. It didn't make sense for us to make the deal with them. So we took a bigger look at all of these different providers and uh, we're working um, to narrow that down to one particular partner that we're going to launch with. And as part of that, understanding how our legal entity is going to work. Where should we be incorporating? How should we be incorporating? How can we ensure that we are still using the DAO ethos as we spread our wings into the fiat world? So these are all of the things that we're working on and more. And yeah, I feel like I'm just rambling now, so I'll stop. <laughs> well, you had asked, I've attended a few of your meetings. I'm not on the team, but I've checked in a few times because I am super interested in this project as well. And we've been planning to get you on the show for a while now. Um, this is one of those things where it allows us to start helping to change the system from within, work with the system, but also build our community and, and accrue value to our community and all of everything we've talked about today. And the stage at which the product is at is really exciting as well. I loved sitting in the meeting this morning because part of what you're talking about is the branding. I mean, you're looking at colors, you're looking at the message you're trying to send, the modeling after other kinds of iconic brands and exactly what do we want to convey. And members have a chance to participate in that and share how they react to the branding thing, whether it's imagery, the way we're talking about it, and really help shape the product. And then once we ship, I just think it's so cool to then be using things that you have personally been involved in. And when you're able to then go out and talk about it, it's like, no, I worked on this project and, you know, talk about a compelling way to get your friends to, to participate. It's like, look, this is a real thing. I helped create it. And you know everything about it. You can give the elevator, elevator pitch in your sleep. And so I just think it's a really great time to hop in, even if you're not quite ready to jump on the project is in terms of contributing work time, to at least hop in and listen and see what's going on there. And you might find an area that you can help with, the value add, and just get on this. I mean, talk about alpha. You're early, you'd be early on the project and know about it way ahead of everybody else. And there's, like we said, there's already 500 signed up on the pre-launch list, uh, actually 550 now. And Link said we want to get to 10,000 or more. And that list is going to be wide open. So we'll put that in the, the show notes. Yeah, no, I just wanted to go back and touch on a couple of points that both of you said there. Links mentioned how we are sort of leveraging the community to build this product. And that's one of the most amazing things that I've found working in Bankless DAO is you mentioned the branding, Drost. Well, we need some branding work done. We have a branding professor who is a regular contributor of Bankless DAO. And I have history of working with him through Bankless Academy. Shout out to Twilight Pirate. You know, we went through some branding exercises for Bankless Academy that really opened my eyes as someone who appreciates design, someone who, you know, I do some layout work. And I, I am a professional photographer, but I'm, I'm far from a professional designer. And I can get composition, but I don't always necessarily understand the messaging behind a design. And this whole process has opened my eyes to that. So the fact that we can call on somebody 
like Twilight Pirate and his apprentice Rin to come in and help us out with the branding or the fact that we need somebody who has history of working with card companies. Well, we've got Easy and we've got Rene who has worked with the banking industry. So all these different walks of life all coming together through the DAO to contribute together is really amazing because it's almost like you run into a problem and as if by magic, somebody appears who says, oh, I'm a specialist in that. Why don't I help you out? Like with the pitch deck, we've had somebody just appear and she says, oh, I'm a pitch deck specialist. Oh, great. Okay. Well, here we go. We're on it. We're moving forward. So we're able to solve a lot of problems with that. One of the problems that arises, you mentioned that people get to have their say. Now, you may have heard of the term design by committee. And if you look up memes of design by committee on Google, you'll see things like airplanes with two fuselages and one engine in the middle, you know, uh, the type of stuff that does not necessarily work. So when it comes to running a project in a DAO, one of the things that I've seen, and I'm sure Link's can attest to this being part of Project Management Guild, is that there, you still have to have some form of leadership on the team. And even though you have leadership, you can't necessarily treat it like a top-down leadership. It has to be more of an open-ended, somebody who is responsible for taking the reins and somebody who is responsible for hearing other people's input and taking that on board when necessary. Um, I used to run uh, Irish pubs back in, way back in the day. And some of the best advice I got when working in a pub was that you should always listen to everyone's advice, but it's up to you whether or not you implement it. So using your own best judgment, trying to figure out what's actually good for the project is oftentimes different from what's suggested. Yeah, that's what I call the Captain Kirk style of leadership, where he goes around the room. You see it in the you see it in that classic Star Trek show, right? He goes around the room. He asks everyone for their opinion. He wants to know what Scotty thinks. He wants to know what Uru thinks. And then at the end, he makes a decision, and everyone is good to go on that. And I think that getting that perspective is so so important. And so, touching on something else you said, NF Thinker, like. I find that the DAO, like Bankless DAO, but just DAOs in general, are an amazing place to learn. And it feels like everyone is there to learn. And you're absolutely right that the depth of talent we have is incredible. Um, but even more so, just like the depth of learning that can be evolved is incredible. One of the things that I'm currently experimenting with while I'm at the DAO is just like, how can we create these different styles of teams? And how do we structure a team to be producing good stuff? consistently, regularly, all the time. And I've done it in like kind of the web two space, but it was just so limited there. Um, if you come to a DAO, you can learn new things, you can test yourself, you can create new ideas and new ways to elevate yourself. And I think that's, to me, what's really exciting about DAOs is that anyone who figures out how to get engaged, you get over that big UX gap. Once you figure out how to get engaged, there's just no limit to what you can do. Yeah, there is a big user experience gap in DAO space for sure. I just talked with another member just the other day, an interview, Miss Purple, actually. And she had said she actually left the DAO initially because she was overwhelmed and then decided to join a Twitter space. I think it was maybe season two or something, season three. And, uh, and came back and is so glad she did and found Bankless Africa, which was more vibing with what she needed. And yeah, it, it can definitely be an overwhelming space. And so if you can find a project or something that can 
that you can really vibe with. And, but yeah, just to echo what you're saying about the smart people here and different disciplines. And part of the value for me is being able to be a fly on the wall in meetings where I never would have had access in any other capacity. I have to be in a room of talented designers or brand specialists. I mean, I, I don't want to overstate it, but it's like going to some paid seminar where you're hearing from experts on these various topics. I'm not saying we all have to be experts, but... Um, but if you're just interested and you want to learn about some of these things, man, it's a great way to, to absorb, even if you're not quite ready to contribute yet. Yeah, I used to I used to suspect that it was all about the vibes when I was working in startups. And I feel like DAOs just really put a pin in that for me. It just made it so clear that uh, you should always follow the vibes. And if you're not feeling it anymore, you should be able to leave. And and in startups, it's that's hard. That's hard. You're really entrenched uh, with the way that stock options work, with the way that full-time employment works. But at a DAO, uh, it's it's a lot more seamless. And I think that that is, is good for not just DAO, but for everyone. Uh, I want everyone to experience that because I think that it makes a huge difference in the way that you look at work. Absolutely. Uh, we want to wrap here pretty shortly, but I did want to loop back on on something else earlier. You had mentioned some of the other communities that we're working with, and you had brought up Pool Together. And I just wanted to put a pin in that as well, because you had appeared on the Pool Together community podcast recently. And that was a great conversation. Um, I totally vibing with, with and I think uh, Pool Together and Bankless Down, Bankless Card, there's some real fun and, and useful synergies there. And the ethos. I guarantee if we looked in each other's wallets, we'll have a poolie right now <laughs> supporting pool together. Oh, yeah. And so I, I think that alignment is super powerful. And I'd encourage everybody to go listen to that pool together episode. I'm going to put it in the show notes. We'll have the product planning hub there that's in the public notion site. And then if you like, we can also put that sign up link in there as well to get more folks to uh, and it's an email sign up. So if you don't want to give your email, that's can't do it because <laughs> it is an email sign out via tally form. But uh, yeah, is there anything else you wanted to touch on that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure people have as a takeaway here or a call to action? I just want to reiterate that I think that the only way that we're really going to be able to allow blockchain and Web3 to flourish is to increase adoption. I think that's the only true way to do it. I think that there are a lot of crypto products that are that are looking to convert crypto existing crypto people to their products. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you look at our product and even products like Pool Together, they're trying to make it easy for people to use their products, to experience what it means to be part of this new ownership economy. And I, my call to action is anyone who's working in Web3 now, if you want to work on a project, you should be working on a project that's going to bring more people to the space because that's going to help. That's going to help in, in on all fronts. But as a call to action, check out our Bankless Card Twitter. We're at Bankless Card and sign up for a pre-launch list. That's going to help us get more people involved. Yeah, I resonate with that links for sure. And I would like to add that if you're a Web3 builder and you're interested in this project, we are still looking for contributors. These projects and products are built by the people and the people is us. And when I say us, that includes you, the listener. So please come join us and contribute where you can. Maybe even if it's just dropping an idea or maybe you want to be a part of our core work streams, we're looking for contributors who can help us make a difference in the world. And beyond that, we're also in the process of 
figuring out who we're going to launch with. We're looking for the right DAOs to launch with. We want to make this a tool available for all DAOs, but in the beginning, we have to have maximum impact. So if your DAO is interested in launching this alongside us and you want to get your token in the hands of more people, this is a great way to do that. So get in touch with us through Twitter or hop into the Bankless DAO server if you're on Discord and get in touch with any of us from the Bankless Card Workstream. And we would love to hear from you. Yeah. And if you're wondering whether or not you should be a contributor, um, I'll just say something that someone said to me that like, no one's coming to solve all the problems of the world. No one is coming. It's up to us. So if you, if you see a problem in the world that you want to fix, uh, you know, it's up to you to, to roll up your sleeves and get involved. And I really urge you to get involved with what we're building because I think it's going to help. All right. Well, I am all fired up now. I, um, I, I got goosebumps again. Thank you, Lynx. Thank you, NFThinker. This has been a great opportunity for me. I hope the listeners really enjoy it. And this is a, one of those super exciting, useful projects at Bankless DAO that can really grow our community and grow outside our community. So again, thank you very much. Thank you, Trost, for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot, Trost. This has been a pleasure. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. This has been Making Bank, a production of Bankless DAO. If you'd like to learn more about Bankless DAO, please visit bankless.community on the web for more information on how to get started. And of course, if you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, and follow on your favorite podcast platform.